Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Success in one promotion doesn't guarantee stardom in another. That one sentence perhaps sums the entries on this list up best. And it's one recent AEW to WWE jumpers like Jade Cargill, or brave WWE to AEW leaps made by Adam Copeland should pay close, close attention to. Of course, early signs are that both will smash it on their new platforms. But they wouldn't be the first to show flashes of promise before totally tanking. So with that in mind, I am Gareth, this is What Culture Wrestling, and here are some major wrestling stars who jumped ship and flopped. Number 10, Davy Boy Smith, WWF to WCW. The British Bulldog was hot stuff when he landed on WCW television in 1993. Davy was fairly fresh off headlining SummerSlam 92. And that main event opposite Bret Hart was the best match of his entire career. Sure, Bret carried a knackered and drug-addled Bulldog through the entire thing, but people didn't know that at the time. He was a star on the rise. Typically, though, WCW could not capitalise. Smith wasn't joining a company mid-NWO boom. WCW was WWF light, and simply didn't have the know-how to make the most of an incoming McMahon-made star. Despite teaming with top babyface Sting, Bulldog was mired in some seriously dreadful mini-movies during a feud versus Vader and Sid. He'd last a year with the chaotic group before working some indie dates back home in the UK, then rejoining the WWF by 1994. That WCW run probably wasn't as fruitful as Smith or Turner Suits had hoped it'd be when the ink had dried. Number 9, the Steiner Brothers, WCW to WWF. Some acts just feel more at home in certain organisations. For proof, check out the Steiner Brothers run in the WWF between 1992 and 1994. Their old school NWO, no frills, pro wrestling vibes felt totally at odds with the Federation's cartoonish presentation. Rick and Scott had two runs with the WWF tag belts, both wins coming on non televised house shows, weirdly, but they never seemed comfortable under Vince McMahon's umbrella at all. Rugged matches versus teams like their head shrinkers didn't fit in with what the Fed fancied producing, and it became clear that the Steiners weren't especially chuffed by how things were going. Both yearned for WCW. In fact, they longed to be anywhere but the WWF. So in mid-1994, Rick and Scott departed for a brief stint in ECW, before heading back home where the big boys play. They'd never return to WWE as an active duo. Scott had a less than stellar two-year run as a singles between 2002 and 2004, but that was about it. And while on the subject of big beefy tag teams, I want to know who is your favourite tag team ever? Let me know in the comments section right down below.
Number 8. Mike Awesome ECW to WCW Just feast your eyes on this image here. This was Mike Awesome in his That 70s Guy phase. Yep, that was a thing. It was definitely less offensive than his dire fat chick thriller gimmick. A Vince Russo special, that one, but failed to catch on with fans much the same. People didn't want this version of Awesome. They wanted the awesome ECW Awesome that was, well, awesome. Paul Heyman must have been palming his forehead when he witnessed what the creative brain trust in Atlanta had done to one of his most well-protected acts. In ECW, Mike had been a powerhouse to be proud of. In WCW, he was just one in a long line of wrestlers ruined by an increasingly crap writing process. Gone were big bumping battles versus hardened warriors like Masato Tanaka. Nah, why have that when you can turn awesome into a lame parody of some cast-off character from that 70s show, eh? That'll put some butts in seats, or not. Number 7, Taz ECW to WWF. Bruce Pritchard's podcast comments on Taz reveal that the incoming ECW hardnut was DOA during his first night with the company at the 2000 Royal Rumble. Even though fans in MSG were thrilled by Taz choking out Kurt Angle, WWF officials were not. Backstage, some expressed concerns about Taz's suplexes. Those, despite looking phenomenal on camera and opening the pay-per-view brilliantly, would come to cripple the guy's upward mobility overnight. It certainly didn't help that some also believed he was too small. You know, even though the WWF had scouted, then signed him, it's hardly like Taz was doing anything differently to his blistering run in the original ECW. Vince McMahon seemingly wanted this. Taz slipped down the pecking order quickly and was on color commentary by the following year. Injuries were catching up with him anyway, but man, his WWF slash WWE run is a definite what might have been. At least he's been thriving for decades as an announcer. That role in WWE, TNA, and AEW has been kind to the one-time human suplex machine. WWF politicking was not. Number 6, Lex Luger, WCW to WWF. Lex Luger's WWF run can be summed up with three words slash phases. Bodybuilding, wannabe Hulk Hogan, and fans wanted Bret Hart instead. That's why the people cheered louder for the Hitman during a 1994 Royal Rumble tie. And it's why Luger's run with the company as a babyface hero ultimately failed. The core audience had been fed Hogan for almost a full decade by the time Lex donned some stars and stripes in 93. Seeing a watered-down remix of Hulkamania wasn't appealing to those folks, so they rejected Lex as the number one baby and firmly rooted for the much fresher style of Hart instead. Most watching from the sidelines probably thought Lex would smash it under Vince. After all, he was one hell of a physical specimen and had shown promising signs in ring when placed in there with better workers like Ric Flair over on the NWA slash WCW side. Then oddly, after flopping in the WWF, Lex returned to WCW and picked right back up where he'd left up. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Number five, DDP, WCW to WWF. Some might regard this one as cheating because WCW was dead by the time Diamond Dallas Page signed on the dotted line with the WWF. The kicker? Page agreed to a cut price buyout of his AOL slash Time Warner deal and backed himself to succeed in the only major company left. That proved to be a bit of a mistake. DDP technically did jump ship before he had to, but wasn't allowed the chance to play up to his wildly successful People's Champ persona post WCW. That idea belonged to The Rock, and there wasn't room for two words doing the same sort of thing. Instead, the WWF turned Page into a creepy stalker who followed The Undertaker's wife. Lovely. Creative eventually ended that hell for DDP and went mediocre babyface by booking him as a motivational smiler. Nothing on the WWF slash WWE side could touch Page's remarkable rise up the ranks in Atlanta. Not even close. Number four, Sting TNA to WWE. It was WWE's fault. End of story. Okay, not really end of story, but that one sentence sums things up quite nicely. Sting was introduced as an antidote to the authorities' tyrannical reign of power at Survivor Series 2014, then battled Triple H in a marquee bout at WrestleMania 31, and lost. Yep, this antidote to Tripp's heel faction stared at the light. Look, everyone has their individual opinions on certain wins and losses, but most agree this was a terrible decision. Later in 2015, the Stinger also lost to Seth Rollins at Night of Champions. He was injured during that match and temporarily retired from the ring before turning up in AEW years later. The Icon's WWE run was a mess and a waste of everybody's time. Sting was the one that got away post-WCW closure in 2001, so you'd think WWE would use him properly when they finally got their mitts on the guy. Nope. No elusive Undertaker dream match and exactly zero pay-per-view wins. Fabulous. Number three, The Ultimate Warrior, WWF to WCW. It's difficult to judge The Ultimate Warrior's 1996 return fairly as a fan, because he wasn't on WWE TV slash pay-per-view long enough to have any meaningful impact on flagging business. By all accounts, Warrior was a nightmare to deal with behind the scenes though. Again, WCW didn't necessarily get that side of him in 1998, but they did get some diminishing returns in terms of overall fan interest in a revived feud versus Hulk Hogan. Although Eric Bischoff might not have wanted to admit it, there just wasn't that much juice in a Halloween Havoc sequel to their remarkably fun WrestleMania 6 original. In WCW, Warrior stumped fans with nonsensical promos that went over their allotted time on Nitro, and he clearly sucked in the ring. There was nothing to be thrilled by, and that made his run for the competition way worse than a WWF reprise had been two years earlier. Number two, Vader, WCW to WWF. Leon White just wasn't the same romping, stomping monster he'd been in Japan or in WCW when he landed on the WWF's doorstep in early 1996. 
Knicks. Looking back, folks like Bruce Pritchard and Jim Ross believe Big Van Vader's confidence had taken a knock following a backstage fight with Paul Orndorff before jumping. Being fair, Vader was hampered by injuries too. When Vince McMahon decided to debut him at the 96 Royal Rumble anyway, the big man asked to wait, but bosses wanted some return on their investment ASAP. A thumping angle with then on-screen authority figure Gorilla Monsoon wrote the new heel off TV 24 hours later. It was all a bit downhill from there then. Vader struggled to jive with resident poster boy Shawn Michaels during their world title feud, and he was also finding it hard to keep his weight in check. The WWF acted by sending Leon to a clinic, but it just didn't work. His entire two-year stint was rife with missed opportunities, wasted potential, and a lack of true faith from higher-ups. Number 1. Bret Hart, WWF to WCW Bret realized he didn't want to be in WCW rather swiftly. His heart, no pun intended, was ripped out by an infamous Montreal screwjob at the 1997 Survivor Series, and it became clear Bret's appetite for full-time wrestling waned the longer he was in WCW. The hitman was never a neat fit for the promotion, one totally caught up in Hulk Hogan and NWO fever when he arrived. The NWO story dominated WCW's product, so Hart became a bit part player. He was a mere pawn in the overarching narrative, and that sucked when Bret was one of the biggest gets for Eric Bischoff during this whole war with the WWF. WCW had the WWF star of the 1990s, and they didn't have an effing clue how to book him. Hart has to take some of the blame too, of course. He was visibly apathetic to WCW life, and appeared to phone in some of his appearances. In retrospect, it's actually kind of surprising he lasted up until 2000, because Bret's run with the company was flopping long, long before that. But he's still the best there is, and you know the damn rest. And that's our list. Know of any other major wrestling stars who jumped ship and flopped? Well, let us know all about them in the comments section right down below, and don't forget to like, share, and click on that subscribe button while you are down there. Also, if you're into this sort of stuff, then please head on over to whatculture.com and find some more fantastic articles just like the one this video you're watching right now is based on. I've been Gareth from What Culture Wrestling. Cheers for watching this flopping vid today. Hopefully, I'll see you again very soon, but in the meantime, just be good to yourself. Bye-bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.